thank you for the opportunity to come and worship with you and allow me the pleasure of joining in your summer sermon series. Uh, I think it's Walking in the Psalms, and uh, I'm going to have you uh, read in just a moment from Psalm 139. But let me tell you a story to begin with, true story. She was out enjoying a transatlantic cruise. Her name is Billy Burke. She was a famous actress in her day, and she noticed that there was a gentleman who was suffering from what looked like a very, very bad cold. And uh, she came up to him and she asked him sympathetically, are you uncomfortable? And the man nodded. And then she said, well, I'll tell you just what to do for it. You go back to your stateroom and drink lots of orange juice, take two aspirins, uh, cover yourself with all the blankets that you can find, sweat the cold out. Um, I know just what I am talking about. I am Billy Burke from Hollywood. And the man smiled warmly back at her and introduced himself. And he said, thanks, I'm Dr. Mayo of the Mayo Clinic. Now, you have all probably met people who are what we call know-it-alls. Other terms for them are show-offs or big heads or egg heads. Um, speaking of which, there is an old proverb that says, don't try to teach your grandmother how to suck eggs. Now, what that basically says is, don't offer advice to people who are more experienced and more knowledgeable than you are. But then, that's what know-it-alls tend to do. They offer advice to a doctor about how to treat a cold. Uh, they have an opinion about everything, and usually their opinion is the only correct one. Now, such people can be rather frustrating, even irritating at times. Uh, you may prefer to avoid such people rather than put up with their supposed wealth of knowledge and insight and, and cleverness. And, and you, you, know, you may not think too highly of know-it-alls. But what if the know-it-all is God? How do you or how should you respond to the know-it-all God? Uh, our great God is great. Why? Because He knows it all. He knows all things past, all things present, and all things future. He knows everything possible and everything actual. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 and 30, Jesus reminded uh, people that God knows exactly how many hairs are on our head at any given moment. Not too hard considering my case. A little bit harder though, Psalm 147 verse 4, the psalmist tells us that God determines the number of the stars and calls each by name. Now, I struggle to remember names. Occasionally I have, when you may have, some of you may have this too, affectionately what is called a senior's moment. If you're of the younger generation, uh, sometimes you simply experience a brain cramp or a brain freeze. But God, God never has such an experience. God knows the names of everyone on earth, and not only that, He knows the names of over 100 billion trillion stars. 
Now, Psalm 139, which I have chosen to address today, speaks about the know-it-all God. Uh, this psalm happens to be one of the most intimate psalms written. Uh, in it, David offers a striking understanding of God's interest in individuals. In the first part of the psalm, David speaks about God's omniscience or his knowledge. In the middle section, he speaks about God's omnipresence. And in the final section, he highlights God's omnipotence. Now today, we're only going to take a look at the first six verses of Psalm 139, which highlights for us God's omniscience. And so, if you have found Psalm 139, you can follow along with me or listen closely. To the choir master, a psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. In these verses, David's words remind us that God knows it all. He knows all that there is to know, and specifically, he knows me. He knows you. He knows me even better than I know myself. He knows me even better than my best friend knows me, even better than my mother knows me, even better than my wife knows me. He knows me. In verse 1 and the second up to the uh, second part of verse 2, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. This declares that God knows me and he knows my actions. He knows my passive actions, whether I am sitting down, resting, or being lazy. And he knows my active actions, whether I am rising up, exercising, or working hard. He knows all of my actions. Nothing is hidden from God. I remember a time when my friends invited me to smoke cigarettes with them. I tried, but like President Bill Clinton, do you remember this infamous line that, that he gave when he was asked if he'd ever smoked marijuana? He said, yes, but I didn't inhale. Well, I don't understand why Clinton was such a failure at smoking, but me? I didn't inhale either, but come on, I was only six years old when I tried smoking. And I really, truly, honestly did not understand the mechanics of how you did this. But I agreed to join with my friends in this little experiment. And where did we go to try and smoke? Was it in my parents' kitchen? Or was it in the front porch of the home? Or was it out in the backyard? No, we 
went way out into a field where there was a large culvert which was out of sight of all the people, and we wanted to get into that culvert. Why? So that our smoking adventure would not be noticed by anyone because we knew we shouldn't smoke. We wanted to hide this little adventure, and we thought we were so smart going out into the back 40 for the experiment. No one would know what we were doing, or in my case, at least trying to do. But someone did see us. Someone did know what we were trying to do, and that someone is Almighty God. God knew. It was and it is impossible to fool God or to hide from Him or to keep secrets from Him. He is the know-it-all God. He knows me and absolutely everything that I do. As a matter of fact, his video camera is trained on me and I am constantly being projected on his HDTV widescreen. And not only is he intimately acquainted with all of my actions, but he knows all of my thoughts. The second part of verse 2. You discern my thoughts from afar. Now, I may think my thoughts are personal and private. I may hope and pray that my thoughts are personal and private, but they are not. They are being transmitted to God through loudspeakers in ultra HD surround sound. Now, when I get cut off again by one of those reckless drivers and I see my life flashing before my eyes, my private thoughts about that jerk are not very private as they are being blasted into God's ears. Every thought, every thought of anger or jealousy or pride or bitterness they are known by God. Uh, no matter how quiet you keep it, no matter how well you think you've been able to hide it, it is known by God. Likewise, every thought of praise, every thought of gratitude, adoration is also known by God. Therefore, we should make sure that our thoughts are trained by and permeated with praise. Instead of thinking something unseemly when a, a reckless driver cuts you off, um, your most immediate thought should be, you know, not whatever nasty thing jumps into your mind, what you could have said, but your first thought should be something along the lines of, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that I just didn't die. Oh, you're so good. Thank you for protecting me. Not only is every action and every thought known by God, but every aspect of who I am and every intention I have is known by God. He discerns, He searches out, He is acquainted with all my ways. Everything I think and, and everything I do is known by God. Verse 3, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Now, when David says, 
of God. You search out or you discern. The original word has a variety of nuanced meanings. But generally, the verb is used for the action of winnowing or sifting wheat. Now, the message communicated with this word is that God is not just passively, you know, kind of in the know, passively aware, but that in fact He is actively engaged in the process of becoming acquainted with us, of becoming familiar with us, of getting to know us better. Now, God already discerns. He already knows us completely. But the picture being painted by David is of a God who is active in his relationship with people. He doesn't just happen to know. He purposefully and he actively knows all my ways. He winnows or he sifts through my life because he wants to know all about me, about the holy and the evil, the good and the bad, about my actions and my attitudes, my predispositions, my inclinations, my tendencies. The word familiar or acquainted here in the verse means not superficially, but closely, thoroughly, intimately, completely. And why? Why is God so interested in you and in me. Well, later, David reminds us that God is the one who created us in our mother's womb. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed of me. Yen, sorry, say that again. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. Why is God so interested? It must surely be because the Creator loves what He has created. He has created each one of us, and He loves us. He loves us. Now, David next indicates that God knows not just what I do or what I speak, but even before I have thought of the words that I'm going to speak, He already knows what they will be. Verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. So, even as I am forming thoughts and seeking just the right words to say, even when I just stumbled over the reading of Scripture, He knew it was coming. He knew. He already knows the final form my conversation is going to take. 
I remember once when I was driving my son Jared to the airport. He, he said, seemingly out of the blue, there's another daddyism. And I said, What? A daddyism. What are you talking about? Uh, Jared then proceeded to explain that when I yawn, as I had just done in the car, I conclude my yawns with the words, oh my. I didn't even realize that I had developed this quirky little habit, but my son happened to notice and he commented on it. You know, God, God, long before I even unconsciously sighed, oh my, God knew that that is what I'd say. Even before I think or form words, God knows what I am and will be thinking and what I will be speaking. He knows it all. Now, God also knows about my heart. He knows about my mind, my reasoning, my motives, for all of these things are included in all my ways. He knows all of my ways. He knows absolutely everything about me. Now, I wonder, have you ever felt that people misunderstood you? You know, maybe they have accused you of something that you know is not true. Or maybe they've attributed false motives to you. Or maybe they have questioned your sincerity. Now, sometimes you try your very best, but your very best is not quite good enough for some people. Well, in these kinds of situations, you are very likely feeling hurt. But I want to say this. When people misinterpret you, when people misunderstand you, do not lose heart because God knows all your ways. God knows you correctly, and He knows you perfectly. He knows your sincerity. He knows your good intentions. He knows your motives. He knows your honesty, even if other people question it. First Chronicles 28 verse 9 says, The Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 reminds us to judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. So don't lose heart when people doubt you or question you. God knows you. Verse 5. In verse 5, David next says, You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Here he reminds us that the know-it-all God surrounds us. He encompasses us. He keeps us in the center. As a matter of fact, I can never escape His presence or His influence in my life because He surrounds me fully. He knows me and He will always know me. He's never absent from my life, even when I don't want Him to be there, even when I ignore Him, even when I am oblivious to Him. He is there. You may recall that David 
affirms this in the middle section of this psalm when he speaks about God's omnipresence. Where shall I go from your spirit? I can't escape you. You're everywhere. David realizes that he cannot flee from God or hide from Him or be absent from Him. Why? Because God hems Him in. God hems us in. We are at the center of His attention. Now, finally, in verse 6, David gives his response to the the, the know-it-all God. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Now, such knowledge refers to God's knowledge. The knowledge that God has is too wonderful. Uh, David's mind cannot begin to fathom the depth of the mind of God. God's knowledge is too hard to imagine. It's too awesome to adequately describe. It is too fantastic to grasp. God's knowledge, it is beyond the reach of any mere human. Only the one and true God could know it all. His know-it-all ability is one of the characteristics that makes him so wonderfully great. And as David pens these words or as he sings or thinks these words, I can't help but wonder if at this very moment David responds to this know-it-all God by falling to the ground in humble, in awestruck worship. That's his response. You hem me in, and and your knowledge is too wonderful. I cannot attain it. I can't grasp it. And maybe he falls down in humble worship. As you consider the God who knows it all, The God whose knowledge is just too wonderful, too high, too unattainable for a mere person. How should you respond? Let me make four suggestions for a response to this indescribably wonderful know-it-all God. My first suggestion is this. Knowing that God knows it all, Be careful how you live. Strive to curb wrong behavior and to live a godly life. In Proverbs 15, verse 3, it says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Understand that no misbehavior, no sin is ever hidden from the know-it-all God. Therefore, live righteously. And when you do sin, ask for His forgiveness. My second suggestion for a response is this. Knowing that God knows it all, rest in His care. Cast all your anxiety, cast all your fear aside. Give it over to Him. You are not alone. Your situation is really not out of control, even though it may appear to be. Remember always that God has hemmed you in. In Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. 
1 Peter 5, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. So be careful how you live. Rest in His care. And then my third suggestion is this. Knowing that God knows it all, be at peace with His judgments. You see, God will judge us fairly, no matter how we are judged by others. It doesn't matter how much misinformation or misunderstanding, abuse, ridicule, or persecution you might receive from others. Why? Because God knows the truth. And in the end, God will be fair. You don't have to always defend your reputation. Don't think that you always have to set people straight. Sometimes it is better to just keep quiet and let God deal with the people. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. God knows the truth. Therefore, be encouraged. Be at peace. Because God has searched you and known you, and you are accountable to Him. Finally, my fourth suggestion is this. Knowing that God knows it all, marvel in His love. I mean, just think about it. In spite of all that He knows about us, in spite of all that He knows about me, God still loves me. When we embarrass, disappoint, fail, we sin against, or we hide from Him, He still loves us, and He has compassion on us. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. And Isaiah 49, verse 15, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. That's God's promise. I will not forget you. As you reflect upon this God who knows all, be encouraged. Whenever you feel alone or downcast or misunderstood or anxious, come to your God who knows, who understands, and who loves you. Come to Him to receive comfort. And as you are rubbing shoulders with other people who also feel alone or discouraged or misunderstood or anxious, be quick to tell them about the one and true God who knows it all. Our God knows us. He understands us. And He loves us. And He makes Himself available to us as our comforter and our helper. Praise God. Praise be to our great, loving, know-it-all God. Let's pray. Father God, may you take these thoughts, these words from David and impress them deeply upon our hearts. 
may they overwhelm us. May we be encouraged and strengthened by them. For those who have maybe doubted your interest in their lives, speak to them, lift their spirits, help them to encounter you. For those who are hurting because they've been misjudged or misunderstood, give them a sense of peace and calm, knowing that in the end, God, you are fair. You know the truth. And God, may all of us, day by day, be filled with indescribable awe over your knowledge and the fact that you love us. This I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Willoughby Church Sermon Podcast. The Willoughby Church Podcast Network also has podcasts about discipleship, the Heidelberg Catechism, and even a podcast hosted by some of the youth. You can find out more about the Willoughby Church Podcast Network by going to willoughbychurch.com.